Hello and welcome to Inside Music, episode number 49. Have you missed us? It's been a while. My name is James Shawell and I'm the host of this podcast. And on this week's episode, I'm speaking with Spencer from the band Ice Nine Kills. Now, I'm sure the name Ice Nine Kills rings a bell for many of you, and for some of you it might not, but that's perfectly okay because I am of the opinion that Ice Nine Kills have yet to really reach critical mass, at least in terms of notoriety and critical acclaim. The band, which formed in 2006 while members were still in high school, has taken on many forms over the last few years. They started with a little bit with a punk rock edge, and then they kind of forayed into the world of metalcore for the last few releases. Releases. Their Fearless Records debut, Every Trick in the Book, is set to be released this Friday, December 4th, and it marks the beginning of yet a new era for the band. I would describe their sound as a heavier take on punk rock with just a dash of theatrics added in to keep things interesting. Think of the heyday of My Chemical Romance or something a little bit crazier like the antics of the Venetia Fair, and you have something close to what Ice Nine Kills deliver with this release. During this episode of the podcast, Spencer and I talk about the band's joining with Fearless Records, the evolution of their sound, and where they hope to go from here. I have to admit that this is also kind of a curious episode for me, because up until about a month ago, I wasn't necessarily a huge fan of Ice Nine Kills. It's not that I didn't enjoy their music, but rather that I had never really taken a lot of time to listen and appreciate what they were doing. I was sent every trick in the book at the beginning of November, knowing that it was going to be released at the top of December, and it took me about a week to really give it a chance to sit down and listen to the whole record in full. When I did, I was blown away. Each of the ten tracks on every trick in the book is inspired by a different literary classic. So listening to it, it's kind of like kind of like enjoying somebody's extremely long and very interesting thesis on several different classic novels. It's something, it's something unlike anything you'll hear anywhere else in alternative music this year. And I think it's coming out at the perfect time as there are not a lot of big albums coming out in December. There are some good records, but not a lot of huge albums that are going to steal everyone's attention. This month is the perfect time for a band like Ice Nine Kills with a unique, innovative, and insanely catchy sound to deliver an album that, can ca- that has the ability to catch a lot of people by surprise. At least that's what I hope happens, because the record's really good. Before we get to the conversation, however, I want to play you a little bit of music from Ice Nine Kills, and I also want to tell you about our sponsor. Some of you may be able to guess who it is, but I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. This week's episode of Inside Music is brought to you by Holix, the internet's leading digital promotional distribution platform. Whether you're looking to get your music in front of the press, or you need a little help fighting piracy, Holix has the tools you need. For more information on Holix and access to a free 30-day trial, visit www.holix.com. That's www.haulix.com. I also want to point out that Inside Music is on Twitter. You can find us at at Inside Music Pod. That's Inside Music P-O-D. We share updates about new guests, as well as a bunch of fun takeaways from the show, things that might not have made the final cut of the episode, and general music industry news and updates, often pulled from the Holix blog. Speaking of which, you should visit the Holix blog. That's where Inside Music was born, and that's where each new episode is first posted. You can find it at holixdaily.com. Again, that's H-A-U-L-I-X daily.com. So we've covered our sponsor, where the podcast can be found on Twitter, and where the podcast can be found online. I think that's everything, but I do want to say one more time that Ice Nine Kills' new album, their Fearless Records debut, Every Trick in the Book, will come out this Friday, December 4th. Don't miss it, okay? Let's get to the show. Let's go! 
man. Just uh, pulling into our show in uh, New Jersey right now. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. You got you got a little bit to talk, like thirty minutes or so. Yeah, that's fun. Awesome, man. So you guys are on tour right now. As I was actually going to start there because I realized I didn't know that you were uh, from Swamp Scott. I'm in Brighton right now. Oh, really? That's not too far. No, no, not at all, man. Yeah, I, I've lived here for about five years now. I'm not a Massachusetts native or anything, but yeah. Oh, where are you from originally? I'm from Michigan. Um, what part? Uh, like by Grand Rapids. Oh, cool. Yeah, we played there uh, quite a bit at the um, the stash of the smaller room. Yeah, yeah, the intersection. The intersection, yes. Played there several times. Yeah, yeah, the stash. That's a cool little room. It is cool. Yeah, we played on the bigger side too. Um, I think most recently with uh, Motionless and White, it was pretty insane. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of that of that room. <laughs> yeah, me too. And we like the uh, the bur- the burgers right down the street. What is it, a Stella? Uh, yeah, yeah, Stella's. Yeah, Stella's. Uh, I actually got a text from Mike just now, being like, "Are you guys on the phone?" I'm like, "Yeah, dude." Obviously. Yeah, he j- <laughs> he just texted me, and you hadn't called yet, so I said no. So maybe he realizes it now. Ah, that's fine. That's all good. It's all good. So where did you say you guys were today? We are playing in Howell, New Jersey, at uh, a spot called Game Changers. I believe it's owned or um, managed by the guy who puts on like the bamboozle and the skate, skate and surf fest. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Have you guys been out for a while now, or is this like a one-off show? Uh, yeah, we've. Uh, it's about a month. Actually, I think it's it's actually a month to the day because it started <laughs> uh, October twenty-fourth. Oh, dang. And uh, it is now November 24th. So, yeah, I've been out for a month. Um, looking forward to hanging out with some family for Thanksgiving. And, uh, and then next weekend we do three CD release shows and a bunch of in-store stuff. So that carries us through December 9th. So we got a few days off to hang out with family and then back back at it again. Yeah, you guys have a big show coming up at uh, the Middle East here in Boston next week, right? Yeah, if you're around, you should you should come out. It's gonna be a good time. Definitely, this will be out by then, so people that are listening, there are there are shows. Where are the other shows at? Just in case people want to get tickets that haven't. December fourth, we are playing at Slake, which is a club in New York City. Um, that's December fourth. That's the the day the album comes out. Then the next night, December fifth at the Webster Underground in Hartford, Connecticut. And uh, the final CD release show is December 6th at the Middle East. And uh, I've been told that there are only a few tickets left for that show in particular. So if you're listening, I hope you're not out of luck. I like that. (laughs) Uh, How has the tour been, man? How how has the last month of your life on the road been? It's been really cool. You know, headlining... Um, for us is, is relatively new. I mean, you know, we, we did it when we had to back in the day, just because that was all that, you know, a band can really do when they don't have, you know, a team behind them or, you know, great tour offers or a booking agent. So this is really our sort of second headliner when we wanted to do it really. And I, I, I love it. I, I, it's hard to, um, go back to support tours just because, you know, no matter what band you are, you know, you, you you play a support tour, and you know mainly the kids are there to see the the headlining band, and it's it's always a great experience, and obviously it's crucial in expanding the band and expanding your demographic to new uh, listeners. But um, 
not all you know headlining and all the kids being there and singing all the words to our songs it's uh it's it's a great experience and you know it's, it's my favorite way to play shows is to headline i can imagine especially you got this you got this new record coming out i bet the extra the extra time helps <laughs> yeah definitely and uh you know the you know there's been a few singles out for the record already and to see the kids you know the first day we played on this tour the new song had only been out for two or three days and the kids knew all the words to it already so that's always um a nice thing to see you know it's um sort of validating and um you know gives gives you confidence in, in in the new stuff that you're doing so yeah we've had a great time is uh so is that December ninth show in Rochester? Is that the end of the year for you guys? Yes, that is um, the last appearance that we're doing. We're doing um, uh, some in-store appearances. I believe December seventh, um, we are in Pennsylvania. December eighth in Pennsylvania again, doing like an in-store signing an acoustic show, and then we wrap up December ninth in Rochester, New York for uh, an acoustic uh, in-store. I don't have all the info on me right now, but if you go to facebook.com slash ice9kills or Instagram, you will see all the information about the the in-stores and stuff. Yeah, well, good good plug. That's that's good. You've been doing some marketing for this record. I can tell you've got you've got oh, the, the yeah. plugs ready to go. <laughs> I'm all ready to go. Uh, yeah, well, we'll get to uh, we'll get to this record in a second. I do want I wonder if we could back up just a bit because I know. So the last EP you guys did was kind of like a split release between Outer Loop and Fearless right after that deal went through, and then you guys are now considered like a full on Fearless artist. So like, how did that? When did that transition happen, and like, how did they go about it? Because you were kind of like, it was weird that the last release is it was like that tandem deal with Outer Loop, and now you're just full on Fearless artists. So when did that happen? Well, yeah. So Outer Loop is um, like a sister label to Fearless, and we had been managed by uh, Mike Mowry and Outer Loop team for a couple years, and when it came time to you know really look for a record deal to put out. Um, the last record we did, The Predator Becomes the Prey, we were approached by the Outer Loop team and they, you know, had developed a really good relationship with Fearless and started this new label and they wanted us to be the first band signed to the Outer Loop Records, you know, slash Fearless roster. So, you know, we always loved, we'd always loved working with Outer Loop and they had really helped build the band and put a lot of work into it. And, you know, Fearless Records has sort of been a staple in the, you know, I guess the warp Tour music world, I guess is, is a crass way of putting it, but that's, that's the way I kind of see it. And, you know, they've had big bands, so we thought, oh, this would be great. And we eventually thought, hey, you know, maybe this will eventually lead to you know, a deal with Fearless to be on Fearless proper. So we thought that would be a great idea. It turned out to be awesome. And we assumed that, you know, maybe a few records with Outer Loop and, and Fearless would bump us up. But um, when we were on tour with Motionless last winter, um, you know, Mike said that, you know, Fearless wants to have a discussion about some stuff and, you know, and um, you know about the new record and, you know, who we're going to get it produced by and where we're going to track it and they sort of just surprised us on the call that they wanted to bump us up to fearless for the next record so it was a total surprise and it was um it was pretty great it was a pretty pretty cool day and uh so that was last february so we've known about the fearless deal for quite some time 
and uh, here we are, about uh, 10 days, 9 days from the re- first release for Ice Nine Kills on Fearless. Yeah, I mean, does it, and fourth full, like, four, fourth real record, so, I mean, it has to feel like kind of a pinnacle of the journey so far now, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, I started the band so many years ago, you know, this is the only band I've ever been in. I started in high school when we were, you know, a, a ska, pop-punk band, um, and, uh, you know, even back then, you know, when I was in high school, Fearless was, you know, one of those labels that, oh, my God, to be on Fearless, you know, there was Fearless, there was Drive Through, there was Epitaph. And uh, so to to come full circle and to be on one of those labels now, it's a really cool experience. And it was always one of the main goals, you know, ever since I started to write, you know, my own songs it was, was to be on a record label that, you know, people in the punk rock community know about. That's a, that's a you know, a marquee label, so to speak. Yeah, and uh, well, I'm happy it worked out for you guys. And this record, this record, I think will will do a good for you guys on the label. I think you you fit in well. I, I've I've heard it. I've heard it a bunch of times now. I've I've had it for about. I guess I got it like at the beginning of November, because that's when I started talking to Mike about doing this. So I've been listening to it for about three weeks now. I might be the most familiar with it outside of your band and your <laughs> management. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't, no one, uh, none of the fans have heard of the entire thing. I know. Good on you guys because you made it this far without a leak so far. Knock on wood. But I'm, I'm I know. Knock. I'm, I'm trying to find wood in the, <laughs> in, the venue, in the venue right now. You got a big desk right now. Uh, don't worry. Stone cobblestone road. So. Um, you know the book. Uh, I love the record because it really appeals to me. I'm, I'm a big book nerd and a big horror nerd. So, so the idea of the behind it of you know kind of pulling these stories from all these classic works of literature. That really appeals to me. Would you call it a concept album, though? I, I think that, you know, maybe fits somewhere under that umbrella of um, a concept record. But, you know, it, it's a, it, the concept is that every song is based on a classic piece of literature. It's not one story sort of tied together. And that, that's what I think generally what you consider a concept album to be. So the record has a concept, but I don't think it's a concept record, really, if that makes any sense. No, no, I did. It, yeah, that was kind of what I was struggling with because I was, you know, I was going to I'm going to write about it for the site as well. And I was starting to kind of piece together my thoughts. And I was like, I don't know if you can call this a concept album. I guess it, it kind of is, like you said, it, it is it has a concept behind it, but it's not like one fluid story or anything like that. Right. Just for people listening. Uh, so for people that don't know, it's basically you're pulling from a bunch of different books and, and you've released some singles that well, I think the singles you pulled were the almost the easiest references for me to get. I don't think I get them all, but uh, there's some good ones on here. The Exorcist one was pretty clever. makes me laugh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think the funny. I think uh, you know we, we we wanted to we wanted to pull that one because I think you know the, the movie got so much attention. It's a brilliant film and one of the best horror movies ever made. But I, I think that a, a lot of people f- fail to realize that it was a great book before it was a movie. Yeah, so we 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 definitely wanted to include that. Uh, okay, I, I want to talk about a couple of different songs. We're I like I like the big. I think this is this is definitely your most theatric album, and I kind of wanted to know when when did that come into play? Because I, I mean, it's always there's always been some theatrical element I think to the band's sound, but this album yeah. from, from the get go, it it like that I think helps feed that concept idea because it feels like a big theatrical piece and so i was wondering like is that intentional did you feel like that fit fit with the idea of like borrowing from literature so you kind of make it a little bit more grandiose like that or natural well, as progression you, as you as you said you know the band's always touched on that a little bit you know 
one of the uh, first songs that people really um, started to know the band for was a song called Greatest Story Ever Told. And it kind of had that little nod to, um, you know, I'm a big fan of, of, of plays and musicals and Broadway stuff like Les Miserables and Phantom of the Opera. So, you know, that song was the first one that kind of touched on that world. And it's it's been something that I've always wanted to expand on. And on the last album, we did a little bit of it, but, but this, this album, we we saw that we were doing it about these stories and it, it sort of, it sort of put itself there on its own because it just, it just made so much sense with the, you know, the concept behind the record. Um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely a cool experience. And I, I think that hopefully it breathes something a little bit new into the genre along with the concept that, you know, to you, you can be a heavy band, but you can, can step outside the box a little bit and and explore some uncharted territory. You know, as risky as it might be, we just didn't care. We just wanted to do it. Well, I mean, yeah, I think it works out well. And I think with Nature of the Beast as the opening, it, it definitely has that feel like curtains rise and then like you kind of lead the way into this big thing. That's this, the big song that kind of bursts out of what you kind of start rather subtly with and then it kind of explodes on you. Well, thank you, because that's, I mean, that's exactly... That's exactly the way I wanted it to um, to come across. Well, I like I wanted that, that big thing. Well, I like the that the band has kind of gotten is is it's kind of taken a heavier <clears throat> turn over the last few years. But there are two tracks on this album that prove that there's still like that real soft, soft sucker. There's that soft-hearted element to it as well. Particularly "Star-Crossed Enemies," like that's power ballad 101 to an extent. Right, and I, and I love it. What's what's it pulled from first? <laughs> Uh, Star-Crossed Star Enemies is um, from Romeo and Juliet. That uh-huh. one is about about one of Shakespeare's masterpieces. <laughs> and, um, yeah, you know, we, we wanted it to not come across, you know, lyrically as cheesy because, you know, Romeo and Juliet is always the thing people go to when they talk about love and this. But, you know, I, I think some people forget that it's a really dark story, obviously, with the ending. And, um, so we, we wanted to do it in a way that was, was dark and, and, and really sort of, um, showed that side of the story, but also we wanted it to be romantic. And I, I think we've, uh, I think we, uh, I think we nailed it on that one. I'm excited about that track. I like the way it transitions that track from the plot seconds. I feel like as as you kind of like ease into the middle of the album, Star Crossed comes at a point where, you know, it kind of is like, oh, but there's so much more you haven't heard yet. You know what I mean? Because that song is so much different than the first four tracks. Right. Yeah. And I'm glad that you like that transition. That was, uh, you know, when I was playing around with, you know, which song goes where. And, and, you know, that's fairly important when you're putting a record together. I just loved how the end of the plot seconds kind of just slammed right into a, a different sound that you hadn't heard yet on the record with Starcross and Amaze. Okay, now let's do the other set. Let's do the other slow one. The one that I think the mixtape song, as I like to call it, The Testimony. Yes. Um, <laughs> th- that, that, that song is from maybe the, the, the least known book. I mean, it's definitely a classic book. It's called uh, The Test of the Durberville. Um, and that one is about uh, a woman who is raped and eventually seeks revenge on the on the man that raped her, and so yeah, that was you know obviously a a really sort of current topic with all that's going on with the stuff that we hear all the time, like you know you know Bill Cosby stuff and and whatnot, and um, 
Yeah, I was really excited about how that turned out. It was sort of um, an afterthought that we wanted to make it piano because I originally had had written on a, on acoustic guitar, and um, and then JD, who you know handles a lot of the orchestration and um, stuff like that, transposed it to piano, and it just it sounded so beautiful that way. And uh, you know, I, I see a lot of bands. You know, sometimes a band will be heavy and they'll throw it on on an acoustic track. So I wanted to try to make it a little bit different and and uh, utilize the piano on that one. Well, I think it, I think it turned out really great, and I like you know you're right. There are there's always like that there's that trend of like the, the acoustic track, the piano track, far less often. And I like that it's not just a love song because like anytime you hear like a slow song start, you're like oh here comes the love song. But as you said, the source right. material isn't that, and so I think that that's an awesome thing that makes the song a little bit more dynamic. And you're like oh we can just have like a powerful emotive song. It doesn't have to be, I love you or I miss you. Exactly. And, 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 you know, the, I love you and the I miss you songs often, you know, they always sell really well. So I, I guess, again, a little bit of a riskier thing, you know, especially with the subject being so heavy, you know, obviously rape is one of the worst things that, that anyone could do to another person. So, um, it was sort of a, um, an interesting experience, um, to, you know, to write that song. Well, I feel like, you know, this, especially with the, the events of this past year, it's, it's kind of interesting to see how artists and music in general is responding because I feel like, you know, the last, for the last five years or so, there was a time when, like, just songs about relationships and living your life to the fullest, and that was kind of, like, the big thing at radio. But given, like, all of the things that have happened over the last year, <clears throat> terrorist attacks and Cosby and, you know, things within the alternative music scene and whatnot, you know, I feel like there's definitely... A, there's a call or there's a desire for you know music that is almost a response to that if not born out of feelings about those issues and i Absolutely. think we're, we're just getting to a point where that's you know anyone that's recorded material about that stuff will be able to share it so i think you guys are kind of ahead of the curve of what we might see more of in 2016 this like socially conscious music a little bit more than like well, just yourself you. Yeah, I, I hope I hope I hope that happens. I appreciate that as a very nice compliment. Well, uh, you know, I'm I'm happy to compliment you. I mean, I think it's a fun. I think it, you know, it's it's a, it's great to make a fun record, and it's great to make a record that people want to sing along with. But to actually say something that you know speaks to the reality that we know beyond re, you know relationships is is important. You know, it's I think that it, you right, know, and you guys do it in such a way that it doesn't come across as like preachy, and it doesn't come across as necessarily protest music or anything, but rather. You know, like like it's art, artfully done, and I and I appreciate Thank that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, let me let me tell you what really inspired the the book angle for you. Was it just a desire to help connect young people with maybe kind of these things that you know that they might not otherwise you know check out if you hadn't kind of brought it to their attention in this unique way? Well, it sort of it sort of fell on my lap the whole concept because it, the seed was planted for the album when we did the song "Me Myself and I." which was released as um, a bridge track between the last record and this record. We put it out right before we went on the road with Motionless back uh, last winter. And um, basically how that song came about, um, you know, the process of me doing um, melodies and, and patterns for screaming or yelling usually come about after we've nailed down all the music and I'll sit with the music and I'll just sort of stream of consciousness just say things and, and make up patterns. And the part that comes in the first time the song, me, myself and I gets heavy for some reason, I just had this sort of blah, 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 blah. It was, it was very like schizophrenic pattern. 
And when I came back to write the lyrics, I said, this is, this sounds like there's like two characters at play. It sounds like that there, there, there are two parts of the person who's singing a song actually going on. So I thought hmm, maybe it would be interesting if we did this song about Jekyll and Hyde, because that's what it sounded like to me. It sounded like these two voices coming from the same body were fighting one another. So we did that song about um, the strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Fans seemed to love it. It seemed to really, um, I don't know, it, it turned some heads, I guess, on the internet, and I felt that we were onto something. So when it came time to do the new album, I thought hmm, maybe it would be interesting if we sort of continue this concept because we want this song to be on the record, and why don't we do every song about a book? So that's how it was initially thought of. And then as it, it got more, we got more into the subject matter, we began to think how cool it could be um, for, you know, a lot of kids in high school and middle school or even in college have to read these stories, you know, the required reading. So it became such a cool thing, like, well, maybe this could make English class fun again. Maybe if these kids see that one of their favorite bands is doing it and they're a cool band, maybe I'll pay attention to it. And I sort of, I wish I had that in high school because unfortunately it was like a little bit of a chore to me at first. And then, I eventually sat down and read these books and I said, well, I really should have paid attention because this was, you know, this wasn't boring stuff like math. This is really interesting. And, um, there's a reason these stories are classic and that they never go out of style because they're, they're such compelling, um, stories and there's so much more to them than sort of is just on the surface. So did everyone bring, uh, you know, so, how did you do? Was there a lot of other books you wanted to reference that then you cut it down from, or was it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that, you make, that you had a huge list of books and then it ended up with like these 10 tracks. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, the, the first order of business was, you know, I just I went through and, and with the guys, just we said, okay, what's every great book that was has ever been written? And we, I think we had probably a list of like, at least 50 books that we all really were like, oh, this could, these could make great songs. And then as we sort of whittled things down, um, a few books that we were really stoked about sort of got lost because, uh, you know, I wanted to make a point to, to not choose any two stories that were similar. You know, I, I wanted each track to have its own identity. Um, so, you know, books like, you know, Brett Easton Ellis's um, American Psycho ended up getting cut, which is a favorite book of mine, but it just seemed a little bit too similar to the Jekyll and Hyde thing with the duality of man. Um, and our, our, our band name in and of itself is, is a reference to a Kurt Vonnegut book, Cat's Cradle. So that was like, oh man, I mean, we're called Ice Nine Kills, we're doing this concept, we have to do a Kurt Vonnegut book. And we tried to do that, and you know, while his stories are unbelievable, his books are legendary, they, it was just too crazy, there was too much going on to fit into a four minute song. So unfortunately like that got cut, which was a little bit of a disappointment, but um, it took some real um, restraint in, uh, in which books we had to cut and which ones made the, uh, made the grade. Well, I think, you know, maybe in the future that could be, you know, you could expand this into the online world with your fans. You know, if they, if they have an interest in knowing more books this way, I'm certainly open the door to future possibilities. Absolutely. I, I hope so. And, you know, when you do a concept like this, you never know if, if kids are going to be responding to it in a positive way. And obviously the album isn't out yet, but just the questions that I see online and 
You know, we do VIP meet and greets before every show. It seems like kids are, are really, really interested in this concept, and uh, I hope that um, I hope it works. I hope I hope uh, people really respond to this, and I hope that we uh, we get people excited about literature. Well, so what's so what's next? What do you hope? I guess this is kind of a tough question to answer, but and I'm sure that you know you always want a record to be successful. But you're gonna have the album right. out on the fourth. You're gonna do a few more appearances, and then you're done for the year. What do you hope happens after this album for you guys? Like going into 2016, what is your hope for Ice Nine Kills? I think you know anytime you're you're in the entertainment business, whether you're a musician or an actor or producer or director, I think you're always looking to you know, get to that next level where things become a little bit easier and there's more kids at the shows and, and um, it's clear that the band's profile is rising. So, I mean, honestly, that's what I hope. And, you know, the more that kind of stuff happens, the, you know, the more freedom we'll have next record to have, you know, a bigger budget or to, um, to you know, throw out a few, a few different things that people wouldn't expect because you sort of have that um, the legitimacy and, and the, um, you know, the higher profile of being a bigger band. So I, I really hope that happens. You know, it, it's, it's been a long journey for the band, but I wouldn't have it any other way because I, I think that bands that sort of make it too fast often burn out the fastest. And I think that, um, you don't appreciate success as much if, if things kind of happened easily and, and for us it's been more than organic and uh I, I hope to you know keep expanding ice nine kills and i you know i hope that every every kid who likes you know this kind of music eventually becomes a fan and I, whether that's realistic or not probably not but that that would be my uh that would be my hope <laughs> i mean i think that that's a good level-headed goal though i mean you know, obviously everyone wants to get to the top but i think just constantly forward momentum is an, is more than enough to hope for <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, and uh, and and you know, with this concept being about um, you know famous books, I I hope it can help expand our reach to to some people who who might not normally be into heavy metal. You know, maybe there's a there's a guy who loves metal and he loves literature, um, and his buddy just loves literature and listens to pop music. But you know, maybe he can turn to his friend and say, Hey, I know you don't like screaming or you don't like fast music, but this band did a an album about all these books that you love and, and, and maybe that um, opens up the door to those kind of people too. I think I would join the Ice Nine Kills book club. I mean, this could be a future option yeah. for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right below Oprah's book club. I think we got yeah, it. I get it. I mean, come on, you pick, a, you pick a book a season and then, you know, after everyone reads and participates, you guys like drop an acoustic song based on that book. Come on. I think I actually think that's a, that could be a great idea. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I, I recognize a lot of the books on the list and the ones I don't know, I'll hopefully check out. Does does the insert tell people what book they're based on? Like, how will people know what the songs are? Okay, good. It does. We, we didn't want to make an announcement too early, you know, online, and, and we, we haven't yet. Um, we wanted to kind of veil it in mystery, but I, I thought it was important for people who buy the album to know uh, which book is inspired, you know, inspired which song. So that is clearly inside the album, right above the lyrics of uh, of each song. And uh, yeah, so it, it's a mystery. Other than those three songs, it's sort of a mystery as to which song is about which book. So 
Yeah, I, I thought Soon. we. I thought about burning through them, but I, I want people to have the surprise because the, the titles are funny, and I think once people connect the dots on what, what they're related to, they kind of take on a whole different life. So it's fun to keep the mystery. I think. I, I agree, and we we tried to, we tried with every song title to to, to you know wink at the audience, you know, make a little <laughs> nod or reference to the book, and um, that's always one of the toughest parts for me. I, I love that's one of my favorite parts, and the toughest part is coming up with song titles because. Um, I think that I think it's very important. I think a lot of people um, sort of overlook um, the importance of a good song title. Yeah, no, I agree. It's 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 the first thing that can possibly sell somebody on at least checking something out. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do that all the time. It's even artist names first, and then the song title. If you see a good song title on Twitter, you're like more likely to click if you think it's funny or interesting or whatever it may be. Absolutely. Well, I thank you so much for taking time to talk to me, man. I want to run through everything real quick. So, every trick in the book, new album comes out December fourth. Pre-orders are up now. Yes. Get some last minute with those. You guys have. You guys got. You're playing right now. You got release shows next week. Uh, I forget where they all are off the top of my head. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we got this. Go ahead. December fourth. December fourth. We're in New York City, at Slate. December 5th, Hartford, Connecticut at the Webster Underground. Mm-hmm. And then wrapping up the CD release shows is uh, December 6th at the Middle East in Cambridge. And you can find all the information on our website, ice9kills.com, or through our Facebook and Instagram. And then we have three in-store acoustic performances that following week, the 7th, 8th, and 9th in Pennsylvania, as well as upstate New York, Rochester area. Great, man. Well, I wish you the best of luck with this release, and I'm going to try to come out to the release show next weekend and see you guys. So hopefully maybe we'll meet up then, and yeah, we'll talk about the record some more. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on the show. It was, uh, it was a fun experience, and you asked really good questions. So <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it, a good time. <laughs> no, I appreciate it, dude. I, anytime I can talk to somebody that likes books or horror movies, it's a lot easier, so I appreciate exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> All right, man. Have a great day. All right. See you, buddy. You too.